The following podcast uses words that lawyers don't use in court, even though they're thinking them. Hello and welcome to episode 332 of the Thinking LSAT podcast. This will air on Monday, January 10th, 2022. Um, The January LSAT's just around the corner, starting on January 15th. If you're looking forward to the March LSAT registration or the March LSAT, the registration deadline is Thursday, February 3rd. Um, There's a February LSAT, isn't there? This year, there is January, February, March, and April, as I understand it. Um, I'm not sure if they've announced any new dates beyond that. I'm sure that they'll also be offering the test uh, multiple times over the summer and in the fall. If you're thinking about going to law school this year, you are extremely late in the cycle. This is uh, not a good plan. You need to be taking the LSAT uh, now, though, because you're you know, you're not even early, right, for 2023 admission. If you're just starting this process, you're perfectly in line for um, taking the test multiple times this spring and summer and then applying early for the next admission cycle. There are just too many people who already have scholarships lined up uh, starting on September 1st of 2022. You're extremely late in the cycle if you're right now trying to go to law school this yeah. year. Hate to yeah. break it to you. You know, it's interesting. We say that to people and there's still people who are like, yeah, but, 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 um, no, I just, you just, well, hopefully as we talk about scholarships and so forth, you start to realize the importance of just waiting and applying early next cycle. But in any case, the February LSAT is starting the week of February 12th. If you have not come to Nathan's LSAT study group, it meets every other Thursday, 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern. It's free. All you need is a demon free account, and then you can log in, click on classes, and scroll down to Nathan's class, Nathan's study group, and and join it. Um, what's the format of that class? Mostly Q and A. I make brief remarks at the beginning to kind of like spur a discussion, um, but then we just end up. Whoever raises their hand is gonna be the star of the show. I mean. Um, you can ask questions in the chat. I have TAs there to help me as well. And, uh, so there's plenty of ways that you can get all kinds of help. Um, but yeah, it's mostly just, Hey, tell me what you're struggling with. Tell me what you're worried about. Tell me what you're, you know, like a lot of it is strategy about when and should I sign up and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, I think, I hope it's a useful hour. Um, cool. Today on the show, what did we talk about? We talked about someone who got a sweet offer or assistance, I guess, from Veteran Affairs, right? And what to do about that. (laughs) Yeah, John, the firefighter who is, for some reason, wanting to transition out of firefighting and into law, of all Hmm. things. Um, But talking about strategically whether he should disclose these veterans' benefits to the school when he applies. And I think we've told him one, don't do this, (laughs) but two, if you do do this, yeah, you don't need to disclose that you're going to get this money because you want them to make you those scholarship offers. John sounds like a really good, uh, candidate, high GPA. Yeah. So yeah. Cool. And then we got an email from someone who has already submitted applications this cycle, but still, um, taking the test in a few days here, the January 2022 LSAT, 
and wondering what to do with that score and what schools uh, will do with that score, we told her to to actually withdraw those applications. Um, and then, oh, we, we got this other email from a loyal listener who's supposedly listened to all the episodes and um, had some good things to say. I can't remember where else we told her, but... <laughs> No, I believe Chloe that she has listened to all of the episodes, um, and yeah, she just. Said I, yeah, nice I don't mean to. <laughs> I guess uh, I don't mean to doubt Chloe. Um, it's just it's still quite an accomplishment, especially these days. Three hundred and what some odd episodes? I just said it. Three hundred and thirty. But has she also listened to all hundred and twenty episodes or whatever it is of the LSAT Demon yeah, that's Daily? That's a good question. That's the question. We need people who are double dipping and listening <laughs> to all of both. Of True podcasts. loyalty. Yep. Then we did yep. a logical reasoning question um, that uh, had a wonky analogy. But anyways, let's dive in. Let's do it. All right. Let's uh, jump into this email from John. You want to take it? Sure. It says, hey, all, thank you for all you do. I just started really prepping consistently for the LSAT. I have been listening for quite a while, and I know the mantra of don't pay for law school. I'm fortunate enough to have been accepted into a Veterans Affairs program that allows me to transition from my current career, firefighter, to something new. I'm finishing my undergrad summer of 22. This program covers all costs associated with my new career path, including law school, so long as I maintain a C or better across all classes. My current GPA is a 3.89, and have to be accepted into a program whoa yeah veterans benefits are amazing in a lot of cases is this like some government program or a private veterans yeah veterans oh, affairs oh, so he's okay. a veteran who's wow. now a firefighter but he yeah okay so he's got a real good yeah. deal I, I gotta say my <laughs> my first response to this is are you sure this is something you want to do john <laughs> yeah like you go around town right now and everybody loves you you're going to become a lawyer so that you can go around town and everybody can hate you. I don't, I don't know. Anyway, um, like just cause it's free doesn't mean you should do it. Sure. Well, actually it sounds like he could transition to any path. Right. So for whatever reason he's chosen the law. <laughs> right. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. I mean, this is, it's, it's literally one of the last things that I would pick. If I if I could fantasize, you know what job I want, Ben? Ben, what you don't want to work with me? With his little... Tell me. <laughs> I do. I want to work with you. No, that's why I haven't done any. I haven't changed because I do. I mean, I I have the dream job to work oh, with you. Um, lawyering is the last thing that I would yeah, want yeah. to do. Uh, my buddy and I. He's a uh, he he's a, he works in um, water uh, wastewater treatment in the city of Napa. Okay. He's, he's here, he's got his boys here, and uh, we're tromping around in the snow. And Andy and I, we, we were both watching the guy who drives by with the, um, he's part of the plowing mm -hmm. crew, and he drives by with the badass machine that edges the edge of the, of the oh, road and sprays the, you know, sprays the thing like 50 feet. Okay, yeah. And it, it it's like, it just, both of us, we were just sitting there. I felt like my dad kind of, because I was just watching it going like, oh, <laughs> that'd be such a cool job. <laughs> that'd be so great. Be satisfying. I mean, You're like, 
<laughs> it would be so satisfying because you just be like the master of your own little domain, you know, and you just go around. Now, you, obviously, you wouldn't make any money, but um, and you'd be out there in the cold and dark and stuff. But I'm sure he's got his heated cabin. Mm -hmm. He's got his own mm -hmm. music or podcasts mm -hmm. or whatever he wants. And he's just cruising around, just like perfectly shaping the the berms around uh, the roads. That would be a you'd see like tangible benefit to what you were doing every yeah, day. You know, yesterday I was responding to email and then we had this huge, well, for here, huge snowstorm. And so I've learned from past experience, I got to go shovel the driveway. Otherwise it becomes a nice <laughs> yeah. block. Right. And yep. so I went out there and I started shoveling and, you know, I was working and then I started shoveling and it's like, should I be doing this? Like maybe I should be getting other things done. And I'm like, no, but there's something very satisfying about like, because yeah. it's kind of a long process too but at the same time everywhere i cleared it like looked i just kept it was clean I kept going it's like you can see the fruits of your labors yeah it is it's very it is very satisfying and i agree that it's the th type of thing that you have to stay on mm -hmm. top of I made the mistake. I decided that I was going to let one, uh, let this deck area <laughs> that I have, I was going to just be like, Oh, I don't really need to clean that. And then I realized like, dude, if you don't clean that, you're going to have a gigantic iceberg yeah. sitting there for like the next yep. six months. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to probably warp your deck and everything else. So then I got out there and started like just chopping that's mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> a lot it sucks but yeah i like the light snow mm -hmm. yeah. anyway um john's already it's like john it feels like he's already won at life he's a veteran i'm sure he gets like veterans benefits th besides this mm. you know healthcare yeah. or whatever he's a firefighter there's no more is there a more respected job than a firefighter it's up there i can't think yeah. of any and he's gonna go well anyway <laughs> he his actual question <laughs> sorry we got side his actual yeah. question <laughs> don't do this john please don't anyway um john's actual question is do i include this information in an addendum or should i leave it out i'm leaning toward the latter as i don't want that to influence my application also i am capped at forty thousand a year tuition and any scholarships will offset anything above that Ooh, cutoff then you definitely i for, for a second there i thought all your costs were covered so i was like well i don't know that any of this matters maybe you tell them so that they are more inclined to accept you um because it must, it's all, <laughs> he put all in caps, yeah. all costs, except for the tuition is capped at 40,000 a year, which by the way, national mandate tuition capped at $40,000 a that year. That would be nice. <laughs> I mean, it should be more like $10,000 a year, but $40,000 a year. Yeah. That would be a good mm -hmm. start. So this veterans affairs program is like, nah, -uh, fuck that. We're not paying no $70,000 a year yeah. tuition. Um, well, for that reason, I would, yeah, I would leave yeah, it don't out tell them because you, you want to get as much scholarship money as you can. In fact, if you get a stipend, you're still going to get that money plus any other expenses you need covered. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't see any problem with getting a larger discount. You can't go wrong. If this program falls yeah, through how you... or something, there's a technical glitch. <laughs> you have less problems. Yeah, I don't. I don't. It doesn't seem to me that John benefits at all from telling them 
They, it just gives them an excuse to charge him more. Yep. All right. Yeah. That's it. You want to yeah. take this next uh, yeah, email? Um, this is from Bewildered. Okay. Hey, y'all. I'm so grateful for how quickly you turned around the new 509 data in the Demon Scholarship Estimator. Patent pending? Question mark. Okay. You can find our estimator, by the way, at lsatdemon.com forward slash scholarships with an S. Um, Bewildered continues. I had already applied to several schools before my November 2021 LSAT score was released on December 1st. Um, Also before our... This correspondent discovered Demon Live on December 3rd. Okay, so two days later. And those files were automatically updated by LSAC. I'm sorry, I just... What files were updated? The, the, um, oh, the schools. The oh, no, no, I got it. So I already applied to several schools, and then those files were updated with this correspondent's new LSAT score. Okay. On your advice, I am also registered for the January 2022 LSAT in the hope of increasing my score and broadening the pool of schools to which I have a realistic shot at a full ride for the fall of 2023. All right, well, you have applications in. I I would actually burn your boats right now and withdraw your applications. Like you're you're kind of yeah. getting you're you're setting yourself up to get tempted by things that just won't be as good. Yeah. Yeah. Ben's uh, burn your boats metaphor is, what was it? That, that was like the Vikings or something? I think there was also, wasn't there someone who came to South America and they were going into mm. attack and he was worried that his army was going to turn around and flee. So he burned his boats so that they would have to press forward and win. I can't, I should know <laughs> this, but. Yeah. Um, probably somebody that we are not super proud of. Uh, <laughs> it was a good strategy, though. Maybe colonizing. for his ends. <laughs> as far as that's concerned, yeah. The uh, the strategy of burning your boats. Um, yeah, I agree. Uh, bewildered. You're you're taking the January LSAT. You're gonna score yeah. higher. You you know you you should you should start over at the beginning of the next cycle. You shouldn't be thinking about adding schools. So go ahead and withdraw. Yep. Here's the okay. question in bold, right? Oh, yeah, were you going to say something? Okay. No, that's it. If I, have, if I receive an admission and scholarship, a.k.a. tuition discount, after, offer from one or more of these schools, to which you applied already, before I take the January 2022 LSAT and or before I receive the January 2022 score, and I subsequently enroll... Will they get to report the highest score on record by the time I enroll or only the highest score on record as of the time they made their initial offer? No, they don't report that data until a, like yeah. the beginning of yeah. the school so year. <laughs> it's, it's not who they admitted. It's who actually matriculated. Yeah. Yep. So, and, and yeah, they are absolutely going to go out of their way to report the highest number. That's why you can sometimes retake the LSAT late in the cycle after you've already been admitted and then get them to bump your scholarship. But it's not nearly as sure of a thing as just withdrawing and reapplying at the beginning of the next cycle. That's where you get the real feeding frenzy. Bewildered, I'm trying to figure out why you want to know this. You're deciding whether it's worth it to take the January 2022 LSAT or whether that will affect how they treat you? Bewildered has drank 
some of our Kool-Aid, but not all of it. Mm. Bewildered is one of these students that, that thinks they're a little bit older and thinks that because they're a little bit older, they therefore have to rush into this. And um, yeah, I, I would prefer that you just withdraw. <laughs> if you just withdraw all your apps, then you it's like nothing but good's gonna yep. happen to you. Burn your boats so you can focus on the battle ahead, not the escape behind. Yep. Okay, yep. well, there's a long disclaimer here. I haven't read it. Uh, should we go through this? Or okay, no. All right. Um. Um. <laughs> There's okay. There's a lot here. Yeah. Do you know anything else that we should go over? I don't think so. I, this is a um, this. It was a very enthusiastic yeah. email from Bewildered, uh, but I think we've answered the question. And uh, you know, I'm just hoping that that uh, they'll take our actual advice. Okay. Which is to start over at the beginning of the next cycle. You, you, nothing but good things are going to happen if you start over at the beginning of the yep. next cycle. There is no reason to rush into any of this. Cool. All right. Yeah, Next thanks email. for <laughs> Yep. Hi, Ben and Nathan. I've been a loyal thinking LSAT listener since 2016, and I listened to all the episodes. See attached screen recording. Oh, I didn't copy paste that here. I'm also a refugee from another LSAT prep company. Oh, other, sorry, from other LSAT prep companies. Yes, not just one crying face emoji. I've tried all major LSAT prep companies in the past. I can say that LSAT Demon is the best for LSAT prep, just a little expensive for the live subscription long-term wise. And another crying face <laughs> emoji. Okay. <laughs> um, thank you for being so honest and straightforward about LSAT prep and law school admission. It's true that there's no fancy trick or hack to improve on the LSAT. The best way to improve your score is to slow down and really take your time to understand the test. Also, I learned that trusting an admissions officer 100% and applying with a so-so LSAT is definitely not a wise idea. It's true. Sounds like Chloe actually did mm. that and uh, did not get results that she We liked. will admit you for a full price. <laughs> yeah, that, and I mean, yeah, if you ask law schools what to do, they're always going to tell you, oh, LSAT, you know, we, I mean, you want the best LSAT you can get, but it's not everything. And you, oh, you already have an LSAT on record. Yeah. Just yeah send it should, in. I mean, you should be working on your yeah. personal statement. You should get your personal statement done. And because what they really want is just your damn application so that they can either deny you and increase their yield or admit you and try to charge you full price so that you can get, yeah. you know, or give you a scammership of uh, $5,000 a year against a $55,000 a year tuition. There's lots of ways you can lose if you apply, you know, with a bad application. Yeah, absolutely. They, they, they and, want people with high numbers. Yes. But they also want people with high enough numbers that are still going to end up paying full freight so they can pay for their operations and make money. That's how they make, that's, that's what they survive yep. on. I mean, they're predators. I hate to break it to you, but they are predators. Yep. Like they, many of these law schools shouldn't exist at all. We have a separate conversation going on on our other podcast, LSAT Demon mm. Daily, about the differences between Canadian law schools and U.S. law schools. You know, I think we've come around to the, the conclusion that 
Canadian law schools, they don't charge as much intuition. The average is like they don't thousand dollars a year, right? Whereas in here, it's around fifty. Yep. They don't mm-hmm. give crazy scholarships because yeah. our system is built on oh, nominally it costs fifty thousand dollars, but we only charge ten percent of our class anything close to that. We give these half scholarships to everybody else or full scholarships, and then we try to really rip off the people who are dumb enough to pay full tuition. That's the U.S. system, which is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. The Canadian system, there aren't as many law schools. They are harder to get into. It's it's more comparable to like our top 20. Because there's only like 20 schools in all of Canada. Which makes sense. How many lawyers do you need in your country? <laughs> yeah, do you want more? God. <laughs> like, and and it's, well, also, I, I think what Canada has done is they have, they have they're like realistic. Mm-hmm about what what you want if you want a lawyer you want a good lawyer not a shitty lawyer mm-hmm. there don't need to be more shitty lawyers mm-hmm. out there and like the kinds of schools and we'll talk about it more on LSAT Demon Daily um if you're not already subscribed to that check us out check us out it's 5 days a week um shorter episodes we'll talk about it more over there but like i mean that's just that's what's going on is like, yeah, it's harder to get in. They they have a floor mm-hmm. where below a certain level, you're just not going to law school. And that's because you probably weren't going to be successful in the field yeah. anyway. It's like much more realistic. Meanwhile, we have all these bottom feeding, just predatory law schools that are like, oh, yeah, we'll charge you. A, you know, <laughs> we're going to charge you Harvard prices. Even though you have a 150 LSAT and a 2.0 undergraduate GPA and, you know, like no real chance of, of course, there's always miracles, but the the odds are so stacked against you ever creating a successful legal career or making, you know, a decent living at it. But here it's just like, oh, no, we're egalitarian. We've got opportunity for everybody. You know, it's like opportunity to get ripped off. Anyway, sorry to go on that (laughs) side rant, but it's just uh, the longer we do this, the more clear it becomes that, you know, these these schools at the bottom are not worth paying for. And, And really, in the United States, no, no school's worth paying for because you can always just take a scholarship at somewhere that's like slightly lower ranked. Anyway, admissions officers at law schools are the last person. That's just the last people you want to listen to. They're in the United States. They're giving you bad yep. advice. <laughs> they, 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 <laughs> they have drank their Kool-Aid that like they think that they're doing good for the mm-hmm. world. And what they're really doing is saddling people with a lifetime of debt. And the wrong or, or people. Benefiting rich people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like they're be- they're like benefiting rich white people uh, by charging poorer browner people more money to go to their schools. Don't listen to the law schools. Anyway, um, LSAT demon is addictive, and it makes the LSAT fun to study. I don't accept seeing my section rating going down on the dashboard, and I always want to do more questions. The live classes are demon's bread and butter too! Exclamation point. And then she names some of her favorite tutors. Um, shout out to all of our tutoring team. They're awesome. Yeah. 
Uh, she closes with now because Spotify has the feature to count how many minutes I listen to thinking else at I'm going to get into the game. I just started to listen to it on Spotify instead of the podcast app. And then another crying face emoji. Thank you, Chloe. <laughs> She's a very enthusiastic LSAT demon. You know, star. I stopped listening to podcasts on Apple's native app because every, I'd be listening to a, an episode of something. I'd be like 21 minutes in or whatever. I'd close the app and come back to the episode, and it wants to kick me back to the beginning of the episode. Even when I left the app open, mm. sometimes it would do that. I was like, this is pretty basic i was listening to this episode i'm here now i have to go find where i am like get out i actually thought it was like something wrong with me Uh, and maybe it is if it is then please tell me but i ended up just switching over to spotify because for whatever reason it does that automatically yeah my one does does spotify download the things that you've subscribed to does it download them automatically so that you can listen to them even if you're not connected i don't know but i have that all turned off i just stream it Oh, I would want it just in case. I like having a bunch of episodes just mm. in case. I'm I can't somewhere. imagine it wouldn't have that feature, but in yeah. Spotify. Yeah. I mean, you can download playlists yeah. and stuff. So I would think that you could download podcasts. Yeah. Uh, podcasts. But yeah, I haven't made that switch yet. I'm still using Apple. Okay. I should make the switch. All right. Anything else for Chloe? Nope. Thanks for writing in. Thank you, Chloe. All right. So we have a logical reasoning question here. This is from test 73, section four, question four. Today, Nathan, you're going to read it and I'm going to tell you what I think. Okay. Psychologist says, some have argued that Freudian psychotherapy is the most effective kind because it is so difficult and time consuming. Okay, so apparently there is this thing called Freudian psychotherapy, and it's not super shocking. I know Freud was <laughs> the f- probably father of yeah, psychotherapy. But um, I didn't. I I would assume that his psychotherapy is no longer like <laughs> practice. Like we've evolved way beyond that by now. But whatever. Some people think. Yeah, not true. Yeah, different schools of thought. But okay. Um. Some of what he said is completely wacko, but I, I do know that like many people still respect a lot of what Freud okay. said. So he had some sort of like psychotherapy and apparently that's the most effective according to these people, not the psychologist necessarily who's talking because it's so difficult and time consuming. Um, I don't know why that would make it the most effective, but it stands to reason. Um, that said, this is what other people are arguing. So I'm also just kind of waiting for the shoe to drop and for the psychologist to tell us why this is bullshit. You want to know what the psychologist's actual opinion is. This is the psychologist relaying an argument from some. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I, I agree with you that the argument itself, I mean, if you think about making that argument, Oh, well, Freudian psychotherapy, that's the best one because it's the most difficult and time-consuming. What now? Yeah. That's like saying, oh, the most difficult way to get to your destination is to go on that dirt road over there. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's the most difficult. That'll take the longest. And it's the hardest. Your car might break down. Therefore, that's the best way. Yeah. It certainly is... 
not obvious why that would be the case. At the same time, I do know this random fact that when a font is harder to read, people have a tendency to remember what they read more oh, because wow. they, they're like their brain is more engaged or something. This is a totally <laughs> a side question or it's totally a side issue, but, and I'm, I think it's actually a counterpoint. Mm. No, maybe it is your point. You know how there are accept questions on the mm. LSAT? Mm-hmm. And the accept is in big, it's like in yeah, all yeah. caps. And you know how students frequently don't read the accept? Yeah, so maybe it's like the opposite. I wonder if there's something similar going on there. Like they yell at you accept because they're trying to make it easier for you mm-hmm. to read. And then because they've made that font easier for you to read, you then don't read it. Although... It's like they should turn it into that whisper text because if they made it the whisper text, then you'd have to look like, real what close. What the fuck at is it. that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What? Oh, oh, except. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. When they put the except in all bold, I think I just see students all the time just not even hmm. read the yeah. except. Maybe so. All right. Okay. Anyway, you done with I'm the first done. sentence? Okay. Second sentence. But surely this does not follow. <laughs> Okay, so that's not surprising. The psychologist told us that this Freudian psychotherapy is the most effective, and now he or she is telling us, now, I don't buy that. So that's not surprising. It's one of the most common patterns of reasoning that we find yeah. on, the, on LSAT logical common. reasoning, yeah. right? When they show up, it's on reading mm-hmm. comp too. When they show up saying, some have argued, or so-and-so claims... Or according to blank, you know, X, Y, Z, there's a but coming like half the time or more. And that's usually the main conclusion. And the person's conclusion is that they don't agree. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So now we're interested in why the psychologist thinks that this argument does not follow. Similar reasoning. Oh, boy. E.G., Concluding that a car repair chain has the most effective technique for repairing cars because the cars it services receive so much work and spend so much time in the shop would never be accepted. Okay. Great example of why EG needs to be retired. Yeah. So EG, by the way, means, for example... I.E., which people get these two mixed up all the time, means that is. So just remember, E.G. is, for example, I.E. is that is. That said, although you need to know how to read them, because you will see them a lot in law school, you should never, ever write them. But anyways. I think they require italics if you are going to use them as well, possibly. right? Possibly. But I... I would, yeah, you taught me that, Ben, to just not ever use EG. Like, <laughs> think, look at what's going on there. It's like adding two syllabi or two syllabi, <laughs> adding two syllables yep. and they don't add any meaning, mm. mm-hmm. right? Like I did, the, I did a similar mm. thing, right? I started with my metaphor yep. Or my, it's an analogy, an analogy, I guess. I started with my analogy about a road. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, that's the hardest way to get there, so it's the best. I didn't need any EG 
right? You can just launch right into it. People understand what yeah. you're doing. It's why metaphors are better than similes. I was talking to a buddy of that, about that the other night. Similes are weak because you're adding like or as. Mm -hmm. It's like saying just kidding after your joke. That's the most annoying. Do you, do you get that <laughs> verbal tick? When people say j just kidding. Yeah, you, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That do that? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just they kidding. wanted to get oh, that kidding. dig in, but then they like. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh, oh God. That's the worst. <laughs> just make the fucking uh, joke. I understand. Like, I'm not yeah. an idiot. I get that you're making yeah. a joke. If you have to say just kidding, then maybe you shouldn't yeah, have made the joke. too serious of a joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're ugly. Oh, just kidding. Yeah, I'm just, just kidding. joking. I'm just messing around. <laughs> Put up into your face. Why is your face like that? Why did you didn't think about getting your teeth fixed? Oh, I'm just I'm just kidding. <laughs> joke, joke. Can't I'm just kidding. Joke. Yeah. Um. Okay. Don't ever put eg or ie yeah. in your writing. Anyway, what do you think about this um, rhetorical uh, flourish? Yeah. though? Putting the so eg I hate, aside. I hate it. What for, do you think about this? I hate argument? it for two reasons, at least. Oh, I thought you were going to say you liked it. Okay. No, I hate it because first. Um, like as I'm listening to this claim, right? This the psychologist is claiming that this similar argument would never be accepted, and I, I can see why a lot of people would wouldn't love it. But at the same time, um, it it's not like totally incomprehensible. Maybe they have the most effective technique, and and that's why people send you know, the worst cars there. And so they end up receiving a lot of work and spend a lot of time in the shop. But it's precisely because the chain has the most effective techniques that the the people with the most serious problems are going to them because they know that they can actually fix them. Um, so I hate the argument itself. I, I, I don't know that I would never accept it. Like I could see it being accepted. It, it is, I, I get it though. It's on its face, it's counterintuitive. Kind of like the um, original argument is counterintuitive. That said, I still feel like, okay, you're making an analogy. And the problem with all analogies is that what's true in one situation does not necessarily translate over to another situation, even if the situations are somewhat or maybe even mostly similar. Um, like what's true about cars may not be true about the human psyche. Things that are tough for the brain maybe make it work harder and then that leads to more progress, right? Like you could see a similar argument um, Freudian exercise programs are the most effective because they're so difficult and time consuming. Yeah. Well, working out at the gym, doing hard shit and spending time there actually ends up being more effective. You make more progress than you would have otherwise. So I would love an, an or I would like an analogy that's more on point with the human mind rather than car repair. So I don't think this is a, I think it, it does its job on some level, but on another level, I'm like, yeah, but you're still talking about kind of two things that could be different enough that it doesn't matter. Okay. So you didn't like my road analogy. Um, no, I think you, you're both making the same point, which is that on the surface, this argument doesn't make sense. Yeah. I could have attacked it on its face instead of using an analogy. I could have just said, what, why is it <laughs> because it's more difficult. Yeah. It's better. Because it takes longer, it's better. I could have just stuck on psychotherapy. Yeah. Instead of go going to the analogous case. Yeah. Okay. Or having a more similar analogous case, right? 
Well, yeah, analogies are inherently bullshit, mm-hmm. right? I, I'm like an expert in analogies because I'm a teacher. I, that's like what I do all the time is I think about a, a, a parallel or, you know, I, I, I try to, well, what if this argument was the same argument, but in a different context, but that you can always make the objection of, well, wait a second, but that's a different context. Yeah. Like, what if it doesn't apply? What if time consuming is good for psychotherapy? Yep. What if difficult's good for mm-hmm. psychotherapy? And it's clearly not good for getting to a destination. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Anyway, um, main point of the psychologist's uh, argument? The Freudian psychotherapy is not necessarily the most effective. Or this for argument it, yeah. in favor of Freudian psychotherapy is mm-hmm. bad. Yeah. Okay. The reasoning technique employed by the psychologist is that of attempting to undermine an argument by... Okay, I'm going to just actually answer this question before looking at the answers by nice. introducing a similar situation and analogy an analogous case <laughs> i mean i'm using wording that i almost can anticipate the lsat to use but maybe because i've read it so many times but yeah so you're introducing an analogy that has a similar problem I would go into these answers looking for analogy. I would have done exactly what you did, which is take the time to predict. If you don't predict the answers, you suck at logical reasoning. Like you, you just, like students are just like every class. I do it all the time. I, I've been, you know, I, I think I've talked about this recently, but I've been doing some group mm. drilling mm-hmm. in class. And when I do group drilling, then the, the class can't hit submit. Cause I control the mm-hmm. drilling, right? Uh, so they could look up that yeah, question sure, or whatever sure. in the demon, but I, they're, I'm sharing my screen and they're looking at my instance of yeah. the demon and they're looking at that question through my screen, which means they can't pull yeah. the trigger. They have to sit there and yeah. look at it. I have them send me their answers. Mm-hmm. And one thing that is just striking is that the answers that come in first are lower quality than the answers that come in a little Hmm. bit later. Yeah. It's like people just jump the gun to like, see, and it's like, wait a second. I haven't even looked at the answers yet. Cause I'm still thinking about it and making a good prediction and you're already looking at C and picking it. And it's like, well, (laughs) do you want to do this the easy way or do you want to do it the hard way? Cause right now you're doing it the hard way by getting sucked into those answer choices and just falling into so many of these traps, you you need to slow down and, and try to articulate it for yourself, then go into the answer choices. I mean, let me ask you this, Ben, does the word analogy automatically make an answer choice right here? But that's also just a general like rule of thumb, right? The correct answer is going to be correct because every word in that answer choice is correct. Whereas wrong answers can just have one word that makes it wrong and all the yeah. rest could be quote unquote correct. <laughs> Just scanning these answers, I can see that analogous is in one answer and analogy is in another yeah. answer. Also, I would like to point out that they could both be wrong. Yeah, you don't have to use because... the word analogy. I mean, they did use it in an analogy, but that's not the only way to describe what this psychologist did. Right. Okay, so did the psychologist attempt to undermine an argument by A, introducing a principle that contradicts the one on which the argument is based? No. So a principle is just like 
a rule or a a, a general claim. Something. Yeah. And this wasn't a, a general a claim. <laughs> it was a specific example in an analogous situation. So this is out. Yeah, I mean, I think to make A the answer, the psychologist could have done it, right? The psychologist could have said, but easier, less time-consuming modes of therapy are better. Yes, if it had said that, that would so be... So this argument mm-hmm, is bad. That would be... That would be introducing a rule or a principle or a thing that contradicts the one on which the argument yep. was based. But they didn't actually do that. Instead, they said, oh, if I took your same rule and applied it in this other context, it would look silly. Okay, so A, misdescribes the argument. B, did it question the truth of the argument's premises? There, so <laughs> it, it is indirectly going after this argument and the reasons given for it. But if you... If you want this to be correct, you'd have to see it literally say, is, <laughs> is psychotherapy more um, effective because of this reason? No. And then the premise would be undermined. Yeah. Right. I mean, the, 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 there really weren't the only premise that was actually in that argument that's being undermined. Yeah. The only premise there is like some people have made this argument, yep. right? Which was about psychotherapy, Freudian psychotherapy specifically, had nothing to do with the, the the psychologist actually ended up going and talking about car repair, so not questioning any truth of any premises. C presenting an analogous argument whose conclusion is thought to be obviously false. Yeah, I mean that's every word in that answer choice can be backed up by the passage. Did it present an analogous argument? Yes. <laughs> they gave us an argument about car repair, whose conclusion, the argument, the conclusion of that argument, is thought to be obviously false. Yes, it was presented as something that would never be accepted. So presumably... Yeah, our, car, our repair chain is the best because once you bring in your car, it's going to be there yep. forever. <laughs> um, that's not a good yeah. argument. That conclusion is obviously false. Okay, so you like C. I like C, but I would quickly look at D and E. Yep, D, claiming that an argument is based on a false analogy. Okay, so the psychologist is making an analogy, but not claiming that, one, the original argument is based on an analogy, and two, that that analogy is false. I mean, there is no analogy presented in the original argument. No, the psychologist is the one who is basically presenting a false analogy, right? By saying like, well, wait a second, if we did that that is false (laughs) to a false conclusion, I mean, whatever it's the the point is, it's like saying, Hey, if we made this same argument over here, it would be clearly false. Uh, that's not saying that the argument in favor of Freudian, Freudian psychotherapy was based on a false analogy. It's using an analogy to demonstrate that that argument is false. E, suggesting that a supposed cause of a phenomenon is actually an effect of that phenomenon. Nope. There's no confusing what caused what here. So I don't even think there was cause and effect discussed here. Um, I mean, if there was, there was no reversal of cause. No, and I mean, the cause and effect, if anything, would probably be something like the difficulty and time consuming nature of the psychotherapy is causing it to be effective. 
well, that is why it is effective, but who, yeah, there's no, there's no discussion of that. There's no, oh wait, I think the most effectiveness is what's making it. <laughs> yeah. Know. This is, um, I actually really think it's a good teaching question. I, people are going to narrow it down to C and D here mm -hmm. a lot. And then they're going to think that the test is just capricious and arbitrary. Like if they don't read it carefully, they're like, well, but D says analogy. Mm -hmm. It's an analogy. D says analogy. What's the difference? Like, oh, oh, sure. C is like a little bit better than mm -hmm. D. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? You know what type of student yeah, yeah. I'm talking about? Yeah. And like you got it. If that's you, you got to stop that shit because one of these answers correctly describes what the psychologist actually did. And the other one does not at all. And you know, like if you think it's arbitrary and fine shades of meaning, it's not arbitrary. Is it fine shades of meaning? Maybe, but that's what lawyers mm -hmm. do. And you know, like one of these does describe what the psychologist did and the other one does not. And so it's like that, that is as a teacher, that's one of the most frustrating things that we encounter, you know, is that student who like has a rage reaction to mm -hmm. this Be, and, and they like just it's they like refuse to learn like they're not going to move forward. If you continue to think that the test is arbitrary, um, maybe this is not the right path for you. It, it's just, you don't get to say, well, D says analogy, so it's just as good. Or it's, oh, it's the second best. Yeah. No, it's not. It, it is not. <laughs> I could write wrong answers all day that use one of the right words. Yeah. It's the entire meaning of the answer choice that makes it right or wrong. And I, I it didn't even have to say analogy. They could easily have written four wrong answers that said the word yeah. analogy and one right answer that did not say yep. analogy. They could have said comparison to a similar situation. They could have said metaphorical. I mean, there could, I don't know. There's a million different ways that they could have phrased it and made it right without the word analogy. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why I'm yelling at some student who some hypothetical <laughs> student. here, but <laughs> <laughs> but it, but you know what I'm talking yeah. about, though. I mean, we've it, it's like they're. This is, um, it's a, it's a very common affliction of students who are stuck in the one forties or one fifties. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you've been banging your head against the wall for forever and you, you think that the test is arbitrary, mm -hmm. um, I'm just, I'm here to tell you that it's not, you're, you're not reading it carefully yeah. enough. If you read it better then you'd realize, oh, one of these answers is exactly right. And one of these answers is exactly yeah. wrong. And, and once you do that, I think the whole test will open up to you and you'll start, you'll start to see how easy and manageable the test actually is. Yeah. It's going to be hard though. <laughs> if you, if you keep latching onto one word in an answer choice, um, your life is going to be very difficult. One word will frequently make an answer wrong, yep. but one word will never, ever make an answer right. Okay. Sermon complete. Thank you. Rabbi Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> do rabbis do sermons? I don't know. I don't know why that came to mind. Pastor? Maybe you're a pastor. I've not, I don't know. I, I'm not Jewish. I have never been to temple. Uh, Neither have I. <laughs> I grew up in a, in a Protestant I just household, I just touched I the, the... Lots of sermons the, there. The religion uh, button. That was probably a mistake. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, good. Well, uh, hopefully that was helpful for people. Um, that's it. 
be LSAT famous. Get on an upcoming show by emailing help at thinkinglsat.com. If you have questions about the LSAT demon in particular, uh, email help at lsatdemon.com. And you can also check out our other podcast, which is LSAT Demon Daily. That was episode 332 of the Thinking LSAT podcast. Thanks all y'all for listening. Nice knowing you. Don't pay for law school.